Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Taylor Liggett, the head of identity services at Sterling. We're going to talk about the technology behind background checks, what candidates want from the process, and where the industry is going, all on this edition of PeopleTech. Hello, Taylor. Welcome. So tell me about Sterling. Yeah, so Sterling is one of the world's largest uh, background screening and identity services companies. So we support about uh, 50,000 customers or so around the world. We conduct uh, just about 100 million annual checks uh, each year. And we've been in business uh, for, for a number of decades. So uh, we we are you know an established player in the screening and identity space, uh, but have had a a big recent focus. Let's say the last uh, several years, uh, really with the emerging identity space. That's been of a particular focus for us lately. Yeah. Um, I've got to imagine that with all the things going on because of COVID and you know the the recession we had, the Great Resignation, people then going and getting new jobs. It's got to be an interesting time to be following identities and, and working on that. What can you tell me about it? Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. It couldn't be a more interesting time. Uh, you know, COVID, COVID was a giant, served as kind of a giant accelerator for a lot of underlying trends that were already in place so or that we're already starting to to shape up so let me let me expand on that a little bit um the the there are two sort of large kind of macro things that happened uh in the wake of covid one was of course the shift to remote work right so many 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 companies uh in the us and broadly move their workforces either wholly or in part to be to be remote so a whole bunch of new things came with that secondly there were um, significant, more so than we've ever seen in the history of the United States, at least, significant fraud related to identity uh, identity verification or the lack of identity verification. Identity fraud is the better way to say it. So if you think of things like unemployment benefits and government PPE loans and so on, there were huge targets for fraud and those centered around identity theft and misrepresentation and stolen PII, things like that. And so, you know, those two things, one of which um, increased the awareness of employers and uh, sort of the understanding of what needs to be done in a remote environment. And the other one that just sort of broadly um, increased awareness to the prevalence of identity theft and the impact that it can have on society. So what... um... Well, what's your view of the labor market today, first of all? And then how is it reacting to all this? Yeah. So there's a couple things that are happening. Uh, what we've seen are employers, by and large, the labor market, by and large, uh, is certainly realizing that they need, they're, they're taking stock of, of a couple things. One is, what is happening in existing processes? What are we doing as an organization to verify the identity of people that we're hiring, to know who they are, and to guard ourselves against um, potential threats that could come from that? And you know, secondly, I think it's it's reevaluating a lot of process. I'll give you an example. You know, if you think of like I nine verification, that's that's happened. Uh, I think it was created in nineteen eighty five. 
hasn't changed a lot. Uh, the wake of COVID, the move to remote work challenged that quite a bit because there's one of the central kind of requirements of I-9 is that you have to do things in person. And so, uh, you know, DHS, USIT, they, they've sort of relaxed that guidance. They've said, you know, there's exceptions. You can do things over video, um, like a Zoom type thing. Uh, it's caused an increase to, it's, it's caused the focus to modernize uh, that entire process. So I think the labor market and employers are really paying close attention to all of these things. Also evaluating the types of tools and technology that's available today to streamline these processes. And then in many cases, becoming acutely aware of just the extent of what some people are doing. So we've seen um, an increase in one person interviewing for a job and another person showing up for a job. We've seen an increase in people using stolen information or falsified information to trick background checks. Um, you know, and everything's sort of involved in that. So I think employers are becoming aware of what's happening and, and also sort of how to guard against them and then also how to adjust processes to the different times that we're in. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Now, do employees or, or job candidates give this any kind of thought? Yeah, you know, I think we're probably relatively early on in that. I mean, yes, I think they do. But but what we're seeing is um, we're seeing a sort of transition from what I would call kind of the, the analog days of identity, where you just kind of show an ID or that type of thing to more of like a digital identity verification. If you think about just individuals in general, whether they're applying for a job or whether they're um, you know, going to stay at an Airbnb or they're opening up a bank account, people are becoming more and more familiar of identity verification processes you have to go through. And I think what the big thing that's exciting me from the, the consumer individual or job uh, applicant standpoint is that there's now the promise of reusable digital identity, meaning you can go through one of these processes one time kind of claim your digital identity and then be able to reuse that in different instances. That is really promising. And that is something that um, I think more and more people are becoming uh, aware of, whether it's through the lens of like IDME, uh, Sterling's close partner that uh, does this and has this in place for a lot of the US government and many sort of organizations and through Sterling's workflow, or if you take another kind of consumer application like a clear where people go through airports and, you know, by by virtue of sort of giving their biometrics one time, they can kind of streamline their way through through airport lines. So I think I think consumers, I think individuals, job applicants are becoming more aware uh, of this. Now, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of technology involved in all this today. Um, you know, you're dealing with a global workforce, so a, a bigger universe of people and they're moving around more and they have different kinds of identification. What's the technical challenge like? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple things. So um, one of them, I guess, would be global in nature. So if you if you take a step back and just kind of think through how do how do tools work that verify someone's identity? I mean, there's a couple different approaches you can take. I think the 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 default standard, or I, or I guess what's be you know what sort of become the default standard, is if 
you consider like uh, document validation. You know, if you take a, a photo, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you can take a photo of a document, government issued ID, driver's license, passport, what have you. And, uh, you know, there's technology that goes into that machine learning, AI, et cetera, that can essentially authenticate that that document is a real document. And then, you know, you can take a photo of someone and sort of do face matching to compare it to that document, make sure the person that's presenting it is actually the person on that document. If there's technology like that, and that relies on um, understanding document templates, right? So like for that to work, they need to know what a Colorado driver's license, that machine needs to know what a Colorado driver's license looks exactly like, where the hologram is, et cetera. And then you can just sort of extrapolate that to the many different types of documents that exist around the world. So that's one of the things from a technology standpoint, um, based on sort of one of the, the identity verification techniques that, that comes into this. Other methods include things like mobile phone-based verification, where uh, perhaps a text message is sent to your phone. You know, you kind of click on that. And then by checking the SIM card and the IMEI number with your phone with telecom records, maybe comparing some PII to those telecom records, maybe doing geolocation to make sure you're in the, uh, the spot you should be in. Um, that's another example of the technology that that's involved in this. Um, so, you know, those things, uh, you know, I think have they're continuing to evolve, uh, but have reached a point uh, of working very effectively. And, you know, it differs sort of depending on on where you're at in the world. But that's that's a little bit about the technology side of things. Yeah. Um, how do you see the business growing in the next X number of years? And I mean, do you see it? becoming less expensive in some cases, so more accessible to small and medium businesses, focusing more on the enterprise or or all of them? What's what's the course? Yeah, I, it's, it's a great question. So there's a couple things I'd say here. I mean, one is the application of identity verification and doing it in this sort of digital, mobily accessible way is not new. Um, it's used very prevalently throughout like financial services. It's used very prevalently throughout a lot of um, gig companies, right? They were one of the first adopters because if you consider their model, they're dealing with a, uh, you know, a, a workforce that's dispersed and not coming into offices and so on. Um, it is relatively new to employers, whether it's enterprise or small, medium business. You know, when, when Sterling released our solution with ID.me this year, it was, you know, one of the first sort of at scale solutions, at least within the U.S. This differs sort of depending certain certain regions. If you take like U.K., Canada, Australia have some requirements in place on this. Um, but it is relatively speaking new to to employers. One of the things we've been focused on and that I think others will be as well is making it not cost prohibitive in any way, right? So a relatively nominal um, type of transactional fee that can be added to any type of background check so that this can become universally um, sort of used. Our, our view is that we believe that this should really start serving as the first step prior to a background check, you know, prior to kind of the pre-employment process. It's relatively easy to do, um, takes anywhere typically from 30 to 90 seconds for someone to complete this, just to give you an example of kind of how quick it can be, um, you know, relatively inexpensive. Usually we're talking a couple dollars or something like that. Um, and uh, so, it, so I believe it is, I believe to answer your question, where we're heading is just scaling this across all types of businesses and, and helping employers understand what does and doesn't happen during the background check process. Honestly, Mark, one of the biggest things we've found out is there's tremendous confusion 
that employers have out there about what is and isn't happening today. Many, as, as far as some of our surveys and research has shown, as many as three quarters of HR practitioners either mistakenly believe identity verification is just happening by default in the background check or don't know sort of where it's happening during the, the pre-employment process. So that's another piece of this is just the education discussions like this to help employers understand what, what is and isn't happening. Now, we're recording this just before Thanksgiving of 2022, and it's pretty much a law that I ask you about what you think is going to happen in 2023. So what are your predictions? What, what do you see happening next year for the business? Yeah, so I think I think there's there's three things that happen um, through the lens of what we've been discussing. So, so the first is that I believe that the... Um, the, the application of identity verification and digital identity throughout the employment process makes a, a serious move in that direction. In other words, employers start to really understand the need for this, that's not happening, and start to implement uh, these, these tools. The second thing that I see is that consumers, individuals, job applicants um, start becoming more educated themselves on this and start leaning into reusable digital identity. That is to say, trusted systems where they verify their identity one time and then can reuse that with uh, you know, applications for government, uh, business, uh, et cetera. And with that comes a whole bunch of what I call kind of privacy-preserving uh, principles. In other words, you know, people being in control of their own information, right? So I've verified my information. I'm now choosing to share it with this employer or this education institution or government agency, and here's exactly what I'm sharing with them. I, th I think that in 23, um, that becomes a real uh, reality for most um, Americans and, and many people outside of, of the US. And the third thing I think that, that really starts to happen is this starts to evolve uh, beyond just sort of reusable digital identity to other verified attributes about someone. So if you consider sort of just how the background check process works as, as a, a framing for this example, you know, we often verify immutable data, for example, like a college degree or uh, work history, things that don't change, right? Um, but in the current state, most, most of the time, those things are re-verified every time someone changes a job. Or if someone starts working as an Uber driver, they go through all kinds of checks and then they go and work as a Lyft driver. They have to do all that same stuff again, right? I think we start to see serious movement in a direction where digital wallets and the like can enable people to go through processes like that one time and then reuse it uh, in another time. Taylor, thanks very much for taking the time today. It was great to meet you and great to talk to you. You're very welcome. Thanks for your time, Mark. My guest today has been Taylor Liggett, the head of identity services at Sterling. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcm.com.
www.technologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.